0: world cup uh davos said raj becoming a full-fledged american and the fact that i am now addicted to tiny bananas uh raj said uh them coming back and watching the finals in new york um and, and realizing that america has won the world cup the country though sadly not the team yet uh Another great question was uh, – because I, I don't know how much of the online stuff you've seen them do. But um, every time
1: I've uh, – yeah.
0: Okay, so you know every time you go on to ESPNFC.com and you play one of their videos, that Gillette commercial comes on for their Razor?
1: Oh, yeah, the one where the thing like uh, spins and rotates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: So a guy asked, uh, do you think Gillette's ad agency understands the terms frequency or creative rotation? Uh, And Davo says, uh, all I know is that the first thing I'm doing when I get back to the States is buying one of those razors. (laughs) Uh, I've also gotten a lot of, just from reading it, it seems like they're definitely going to be doing more video stuff. So it says, uh, i'm sure we'll be covering the next world cup we'll be announcing our next project shortly stay tuned to MetaBlazer.com. and we're in portland august 4th doing a live podcast um, which sucks because you know that's a monday and it's right after our football preview um paul Carr, blowing your mind might become a regular segment on the pod <laughs> um uh, oh here we go uh roger how do you plan on celebrating once you receive your american citizenship uh, by calling Jurgen and letting him know, I am now available for consideration for 2018. I am a box-to-box type, good from set pieces, ready to run 120 minutes. My only weakness is penalty shootouts, shootouts which fill me with fear, like fire for the hound.
1: He is English,
0: Oh, huh? uh, Of course. Um, it seems like they're going to be doing some more MLS stuff, NMLS stuff. Uh, they're talking about. I don't know how serious this is, but it seems like Davo really wants to open his own uh, soccer pub, um, which would be just fantastic. And I think we just drive there, no matter where it was. Oh, this was a great one. Uh, a guy goes, "If you could be, <laughs> if you could be John Terry for a day, whose wife would you sleep with?"
1: Oh gosh, I mean – places to start there
0: davos answer and i don't know if this was his initial reply or if this was actually edited but it says uh deleted for my own protection
1: (laughs) you never know
0: Oh, so yeah this is uh this was another good one i i don't have it right up here in front of me um somebody asked uh which which was uh more likely to happen us hearing about davos first time or tottenham finishing in the top 4
1: oh.
0: and, and uh davo answered uh I'll put it to you this way it's uh, they have the about the same amount of chance happening i was like oh <laughs> no we're finishing uh, in the top 4 this year
1: okay
0: uh, so that we're, was well, we we are cuz you know you know that
1: because shut up, they are okay
0: that's 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 my best answer at this point because say, they
1: you know I mean after yesterday, paulinho has got to be just full of confidence coming back, so God, oh my God, here's the
0: weirdest thing uh here's the weirdest thing about that um Brazil had probably three chances on goal in the first five minutes of the mm-hmm. second half that if mm-hmm. they could have put like Two of those in and made it 5-2, I actually think they would have had a chance. Sure. Like, I don't know that they would come back all the way, but, I, you know, all of a sudden if you're Germany and you're, you're going to luck, oh, yeah, we got 5-0, it's fine, and then in the first five minutes it's 5-2, and now you've given the crowd a reason to actually get back in the game.
1: I'm just saying, you never know. <laughs> you just, you're... Yeah. I mean, that's asking a whole lot of somebody. Oh, yeah. If I just get two, we'll be okay.
0: Yeah. Um, last question we'll end up with here uh, from the Reddit. This was never actually answered. Oh, no. Excuse me. It was answered. Uh, would you rather fight one Peter Crouch-sized raven or 100 raven-sized Peter Crouches? Uh, Davo answered, I am morally opposed to raven fighting and miniature crouch fighting
1: and crouch fighting
0: uh, uh, so that's what you can go check out if you f- want some reading material while listening to episode 10 of the all new sports show the
1: podcast Wes Bradshaw we made it to 10 double digits god this is almost like high school I remember I made it to 10 and we threw a party for that too oh oh oh! those those dark days those dark days of high school but you made it through
0: you, you had some good times at Rocky Mount Senior High
1: my mom was so proud. I was the, uh, she said I was the best twenty three year old in the tenth grade that year. So,
0: I'm I'm betting you weren't the only one either.
1: Well, I never said I was the oldest kid in my class. So. <laughs>
0: That's how Rocky Mountain won all those basketball titles. Yeah, we do what we
1: do. Uh, we found weird ways to keep eligibility. Oh. Uh... Mike Ganey at his finest
0: but welcome everyone to the all-new sports of the podcast again I am Edward Green joined as always by Wes Bradshaw hopefully we'll be joined next week by our uh the Rocky Mountain Telegram's Nick Petrovich he'll be hopefully joining us for a final look back at the World Cup what happened how we feel about it ratings for everybody and it's going to be great but this week we have a big show coming up uh we got World Cup quarters and semis to recap uh, the Nigerian Football Federation has been suspended by FIFA because I guess FIFA decided, hey, we should probably suspend somebody. Let's suspend the Nigerians. We'll also talk a little transfer news, do some golf with the British Open coming up. Or if you're listening to this, it's probably happening right now. Uh, basketball, the NBA's most wanted man, of course, Tyler Zeller. He's on the move. Oops. And we'll we'll hit the zeitgeist, of course. And uh, we we might have to ask: uh, Is is the WWE network off to a bad start? Not in the Bradshaw household. Oh, not for, here. We
1: we make we make great use of our uh, ten dollars and sixty nine cent a month.
0: Oh, we'll have to see how the rest of the world feels about it. So, if, of course, if you want to get in on the convo, you can hit us up on the myriad of social media. Uh, things we have, I guess you can get us on Twitter at all sports show, Facebook.com slash all new sports show, email us all show at gmail.com. And if you want to do stuff the old fashioned way with paper and pen, please write your letters, write your parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, suite two zero one Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, two seven eight zero four. Wes, it's almost over. I, I, I was on Sunday. I was just messing around. No football on. Just just messing around, reco- recovering from a nice, relaxing July 4th weekend. And all of a sudden I realized, there's no football today. And there's not going to be any football tomorrow. We've, we, we've hit the dearth that is now these World Cup off days. Now the semifinals have happened, and now we have to wait until, really, the championship on Sunday. But then we're going to oh. be without no, like, don't
1: you be discounting what's sure to be a, a highly entertaining, action-packed third-place game on Saturday?
0: Oh uh, yeah, there is that. I,
1: motivated squads.
0: I will probably be in Raleigh for that. Uh, my the Tottenham North Carolina uh, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club group organization of the world. Uh, we are having our annual meeting on Saturday, and it looks like I'm going to be able to go. So. That'll be cool. Um, so yeah, I will. Hey,
1: you guys can get together and watch uh, watch Tottenham representative uh, Paulinho do what he does does best. Oh, will you stop with the Paulinho bashing already? Playing playing meaningless games. Hey, hey,
0: what? no no game will be meaningless this coming season. Not not a one. Not a one for them. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, it's it, it's been an amazing ride, and I don't know about you, but I'm getting. It's starting to get to be like that last week of, of school before summer vacation, where you know we're going to be seeing most of, if not all, of these people again, but it's going to be a while. And in the interim, we're just going to have to find other things to do, hence the Premier League and Euro 2016 and the Copa Americana and whatnot. But it does, it feels like it's the end of a, of a fun ride.
1: Oh, I cannot wait for Euro so pumped for England! Why? Because we're so far out right now. Now's the time to be excited to be an England fan.
0: Oh, this is this is the only time, and it only gets worse from here, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Everything. Once the World Cup ends, basically, um, up until the first qualifying match, where <laughs> we will obviously underachieve one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, up until then, man, it's uh, we're, we're on a great trip, and then it's all downhill for the next uh, twenty-two months. <sighs>
0: What's, what's one thing, I know I didn't put this on the rundown, but what's one thing that you would like to see the England national team do between now and Euro 2016, whether it's a personnel move, whether it's a tactical change, whether it's wet Herrera for head coach, which even, even the Guardian is picking up, even the Guardian is picking up Herrera for England. What, what, what's one thing you would love to see
1: happen? what I would really like to see is uh, for the next England training session when uh, when they all board the private jet to fly off to wherever it is, be it the Iberian Peninsula, you know, be it a nice warm spot in Dubai, that you know maybe we have a separate flight uh, and we put good old Wooly and our uh, our good buddy Waza. Wayne Rooney on that flight. We'll just say, call it Flight 300, and maybe it'll just disappear.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. They still haven't found that one, you know. So it, it could be – you know what would happen, though. You know what happened? It would be found literally the day before Euro 2016 starts. Guys, guys, we can play. We made it. We made it. I uh, know so, you
1: – And then, of course, half the media would say you've got to play Rooney, and half the media, of course, would um, – you know, start talking about his demolished metatarsals over the years. Um, and of course Rooney would start and he would miss two sitters and give away an easy penalty.
0: We would uh we we, like, we, we stood we stayed in shape just running along the island. I'm in I'm in the best shape of my life. You gotta play me at the ten. You have to play me at the ten. Roy,
1: Roy would tell everyone all about his new philosophy of football and then go right into good old four <laughs> fourteen.
0: Oh poor four four twos. Uh, But England not involved in the matches that took place since we last spoke, uh, namely the quarterfinals and the semis of the 2014 World Cup. Uh, Starting with the quarterfinals, uh, three exciting ones and one snoozer of a match. Uh, Let's start with one of the exciting ones with the darlings of the tournament Colombia and James Rodriguez took on Brazil and Fortaleza, Brazil with two goals early for the lead, uh, one by Thiago Silva in the seventh minute, and then David Luiz on a penalty that I'm still not sure how it actually went in, but somehow the keeper for Colombia was just very confused. Uh, James Rodriguez put in a penalty strike in the 80th minute, but that was all she wrote for Colombia, a team that I'm looking forward to watching in World Cups for years to come now. Uh, and it would be Brazil's final win, but an exciting win uh, nonetheless. and it got it got a little hairy towards the end, but really, this was a game that Brazil really looked like they had control of all the way through.
1: Well you know Ed, you want to go back and look at our pre-tournament predictions and I, I've been pretty dire overall, but I had a few good ones in there. And the big one for me was was James Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm going to toot my own horn here. I did uh, predict he would be the breakout star of this tournament. Uh, and right now he's still in position to win the golden boot. Mm-hmm. So um, unless Messi or maybe Thomas Muller can really light it up in the finals, it looks like James may walk away with that golden boot. And I feel like uh, he'll walk away with a little bit of vindication for Wes Bradshaw, uh, football expert.
0: Well, uh, let's say you didn't actually do too bad. I actually have our brackets right here. It just uh, seems be <laughs> uh you had in the quarter fi- uh going to the round of 16 you had 10 out of the 16 teams uh correctly picked not even discounting not not just correctly picked you had them in the correct spot
1: i'm actually uh, proud of myself here here we go pat yourself on the back with
0: uh you had five of the eight teams that advanced to the uh quarterfinals correct and uh you had two of the four that advanced to the semifinals and and you've had one go to the final. And your champion is still in. I do
1: still have my champion.
0: So you didn't. You actually didn't have that bad of World Cup. You, you had a much better World Cup prediction bracket than uh, your college World Series bracket.
1: Well, I mean, really, what, <laughs> what can I say about that? Uh, I, I do believe, though, my, my biggest predictions have, did somewhat fall flat. Things such as the Dutch not getting out of the knockout round. <laughs> or getting into the knockout round, that is, and also the United States finishing bottom of their uh, group. And the whole thing about England actually winning their group. And I think I also made a bet offline that um, yeah I didn't think Suarez would assault anyone with his mouth in this tournament. Yeah.
0: That, that, that must have been a very tough bet to get. Because I'm, I'm great sure. Odds
1: on it. So, you know, I really thought, I'm like, man, I'm getting great odds on this. I could probably retire if he just doesn't bite anybody. <laughs>
0: if only. Too, too bad he did. Too bad he did. <laughs> um, too bad for
1: the children who now can't go to college. Yeah.
0: Oh, they'll go to college, maybe. Um, but what do we think about Colombia moving forward? I mean, they had a very, very good World Cup. You know, especially with the with the whole um, as the 20 year anniversary of the two Escobars and and coming through that, just a lot of national pride, a lot of pride in the stands there in uh, the different stadiums they played at in Brazil. Uh, I'm excited about this Columbia team going forward, and I'm excited to see what's next for James Rodriguez.
1: I just think it'd be really fun if Pablo Escobar was still funding everything in that country. That'd be terrible. That, that would just really give them that really cool kind of outlaw feel to him, which would kind of make them like the Oakland Raiders of world football. Um, but we'll call them the 70s Raiders, you know, where they were actually good. <laughs> uh, that would have been cool. Um, biggest thing going forward – For Columbia, in four years, here's your problem you run into. Your top two strikers, Falcao's going to be 32, and I believe Jackson Martinez is going to be 31. Now, yes, you can still excel at that age in football, but you are definitely getting on the back end of the hill. By the next time the World Cup runs around, James Rodriguez could possibly be one of the top five players in the world. He'll be hitting his peak. Uh, especially when he ends up at Real Madrid in the next 18 months. Oh, hush you. Um, Just to, you know, carry on that tradition. Um, We've got to see what the youth come through and do for him, because that's a team that has some fantastic stars. And you saw some really fantastic pieces, but I think some of their guys were actually a little older. Um, I actually have their roster up right now. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the Belgians super talented, and mostly young, Mm -hmm. I almost want to say the Colombians are maybe a little on the older side. Um, it
0: depends, I guess, on who you're looking at. Uh, Rodriguez is only 22, so he'll be 26 in the next Cup. Uh, actually, he'll be yeah, he'll be 26. Cuadrado uh, mm-hmm. had a decent tournament. He'll be 30 in the next World Cup. Uh, Quintero, who had a goal, he'll be 25 in the next World Cup. Um, the only guy currently over 30 on the main roster is Mario Yepes. He's 38. Uh, You have to believe that this will be his last cup. Um, But Ospina, the keeper, he's only 25 right now, so he'll be 29.
1: Um, And in keeper age, he'll just be be hitting what should be his prime at that point.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, Other guys like uh, Zuniga, 28, so he'll be 32. Carlos Valdez, he'll be uh, 33. Uh, Carlos Sanchez will be 32. So it's maybe not the youngest of groups uh adrian ramos will be 32 jackson martinez will be 31 um if if they can get any sort of youth uh luis muriel only 23 he didn't actually play he was on the provisional squad he could maybe get some action next time um I, i think this is a team that can at least build on this for the next cup i think they can still be very dangerous in 2018 in
1: russia but, and that's the thing, you've got, you've got pieces to build. I mean, once again, I mean, you've got James. James is about to just explode into the whole world scene, you know, because now eyes will be more on Monaco this year, where it looks like he is going to stick at Monaco for another season. Um, and I, there will be more people with a definite rooting interest in him now. After what they saw him do in the World Cup. So he's really going to pop up. And also with Monaco returning to the Champions League this year, that'll really help his profile. Um, and let me like say, you know, he'll be in his prime. I mean, 26, 27, 28 years old, you were in your prime as an outfield player. Um, it's just, it's going to be Martinez and Falcao. And Falcao, of course, folks, for all, all you folks who don't know who Rodamel Falcao is. Was maybe you know right up there with Suarez and Messi as the best strikers in the world. When he tore his ACL back in, I believe it was February, and ended up missing the World Cup, that would have been a really wild piece for uh, for Colombia to throw out there, one of the two three best strikers in the world.
0: Yeah, him him with Rodriguez would just be devastating up front. Just
1: and of course they are teammates at Monaco, so it wouldn't have been like anything new. I mean, those two have a great relationship and also played together at Porto before uh, moving to Monaco.
0: So, so you're saying that if you, guys that play together on their club team, if they play together for their national team in like the same spots, there there's you can make something happen there.
1: Oh, no, hold on, is hold that what on. you're trying to say? Pump the brakes, Chief, because once again, you're talking to an England-slash-Liverpool fan who had five Liverpool players in the England side this year. How did that work for us? Uh, uh, it, it also helps when the coach knows exactly uh, what he's doing. <laughs> uh, well, that is... Uh, boy, exactly. boy is no, Brendan.
0: Oh, no, not even close. Um, speaking of things that aren't uh, Liverpool, also on July 4th in Rio, France nil, Germany won. A ho-hum game, you know, okay, I guess I guess we're just playing in the quarterfinals, whatever. Uh, Hummels with a goal in the 13th minute, and that was just about it. Uh, France looked to equalize very late. Uh, Benzema had a chance uh, that did not go in uh, just about a minute before the final whistle. And unfortunately for France, that was all she wrote. A, a team, one of your few misses, but one you actually believe France would win this game. Um, but quite frankly, out of their, our three... Or about a four quarterfinal matches, this was easily the slowest, I'd say, the the most, dare I say, boring. Um it didn't look like either team realized it was a quarterfinal match in the World Cup. And uh it, except for those final few minutes when France really started pouring on, just no sense of urgency really shocked me from the French, because I thought coming into this match that they had the offensive weapons and the defense to go up right against Germany, who was who both teams were coming off very tough matches against African teams. France didn't even have to go into extra time to beat theirs. And I really thought France could come out and just punch Germany in the mouth, and it just never happened. France, oh, I think
1: Fra- what happened? You know, things were going well for France, and then they woke up the morning of the match and said, wait a minute, we're French. Oh, and the Germans are coming. Let's drop our weapons, put our hands up, and just let history take its course. Uh,
0: but were, were you surprised at all at how France played against Germany, especially considering how active and aggressive they looked in their group stage and in their quarterfinal match, against, uh, especially towards the end, against Nigeria?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, going into, going into that match, I was fully confident that – my prediction of France making the semifinals was going to come true. Yep. And for me, as, you know, as an English fan, and of course as an American, you know, I, I was really torn over, you know, whose existence do I despise more than <laughs> Germany or the French? Uh, so, of course, I just I pulled for France for the simple reason I had picked them to win the match. But, you know, as well as they had played, and as, really they had a little nasty streak to them, I was really excited to see what France could do. And then they... I mean, they reverted back to France 2010. They were just very timid. They were passive. I mean, it almost looked like they didn't care that they were there. And, you know, that's understandable when you're crashing out in the group stage and having a mutiny on the bounty. But, I mean, you're sitting here as one of the better teams in the tournament in the in the quarterfinals, and suddenly they just played like they didn't care. It It was
0: really stunning to watch. Just – I mean, this was supposed to be the year they were back on. France always takes a World Cup off, so this was going to be the one where they make a deep run again. And mm. I, I think you said it—that nasty streak, just how they came out in their group stage game against Switzerland after after Switzerland had picked up a, a very late win in their first match, and all of a sudden, oh, this could be the match that determines who wins this group. And France just beats them five nil until Switzerland picks up two really late. And you're thinking, okay, this is a France team that has really come to play and they're just tired, they're wanting to put 2010 behind them, they're burying it, this is a team that can really make a run. And then they just come out against Germany and they're like, eh, we are we are tired. We do not want to go on.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure they were sitting around before the match in their saucy berets, smoking cigarettes, making love with their socks on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what they do. It's, now, in this France team, you know... It, it is scary, the potential we've seen Euro 2016 going to be held in France. They are hosting Euro 2016. Mm-hmm. Last time they hosted a major tournament, World Cup, 98, they won it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this is a team that they, I think they're built. You know, I think I had them going maybe a little farther than I should have at this point, and I think I admitted that when I said it. Um, this is a team that could be peaking just at the right time when they host Euro coming up.
0: Also, we talked about it with Colombia, how there's a few older guys on that team. Really, you look at this French roster, though, everybody's pretty young. I mean, if you're thinking about for Euros, basically everybody but uh, Valbuena and Patrice Evra are going to still be under 30.
1: Uh, uh, Also, you look at this group, and they they did not have Franck Mm Ribéry, who overall may be the best player. Well, I, I say take away Pogba who's still growing and is going to be even better in two years. Oh, yeah. You know, Ribery may have been the best uh, French player, and he was injured in the pre-tournament. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's just so many good players. Uh, Giroud, Benzema, Remy up front. They're all going to be under 30 uh, for the next Euro. Uh, you have other guys like Sissoko, who had a very good tournament, and he's going to get some more reps at Newcastle this coming season. Uh, we talk about Valbuena, Johan Kabayi uh, at PSG. They're always strong, so you know he's going to get reps there. He'll just be 30 by, the, by Euro 2016. And then, of course, Hugo Lloris. You can say what you want about Tottenham he's probably maybe one of the best five keepers in the
1: world and he's only 27 i'm just i'm just surprised that uh you a Tottenham man um, had anything good to say about olivier Giroud. well you know he's a good looking man and uh the prostitutes do flock to him but still uh just 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 the female ones or uh yeah he he's, he's definitely all man okay all man. he's he's a great looking man he's probably the best looking footballer since uh beckham
0: uh, now, now there was there was a man in this tournament, whose steely eyed glare and whose beard and flowy black locks stole the hearts of many a people.
1: Are we talking Kyle Beckerman again?
0: Not this time. Thank God. We're talking. We're talking about that great Italian Pirlo? Pirlo.
1: is old enough to be most of the women's grandfather at this point.
0: Oh, but how many would how many would just swoon for him? Pirlo is just such a beautiful.
1: Pirlo's a wonderful cosmopolitan eye tie. Yes. Um, but, you know, Pirlo, not quite the sex symbol of, say, a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Tiago Silva to the transgender community. Oh. Oh.
0: Why, why you got to hate? Why you got to hate Tiago?
1: It, I, I hate nothing. I, I think he's a fantastic footballer.
0: Are you just saying he has a haircut like Ellen DeGeneres?
1: Well, I mean, I'm just saying that you know he may be mistaken in the wrong light as being a ladyboy.
0: Anyway, moving on to our next match. Somehow we got to locking a lot of ladyboys. Um, we're going to Argentina versus Belgium. Argentina with a Higuaín header in the eighth minute of that one sealed Belgium's fate. Uh, Belgium had a few chances late on uh, about the last. 20 to 25 minutes it looked like Argentina were just hanging on a bit by their fingernails towards the end. Uh and as you've been saying, Belgium go to the quarters after a tough match against the United States, lose to Argentina 1-0. But this is again a Belgium team that also again, you the thing we're banging home here with these teams that went out in the quarters, youth, youth, youth.
1: Well and what's scary about Belgium is a lot of their top guys didn't really perform. I mean, Hazard seemed to have a pretty terrible World Cup. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's their talisman. Um, You know, Lukaku ended up being a super sub for this group. Uh, Divock Origi, who uh, at last report was in Liverpool for a uh, medical, actually. So uh, the uh, star Belgian forward, uh, only 19 years old, um, you know, he turned—he really turned heads in this tournament, um, really announced himself somewhat on a world stage. Um, I think this Belgian team, this was an eye-opener for them, I do believe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we're not just going to be able to get by on just our sheer talent. Yeah. And I think it's a really big building block for them going forward. I'm just all oh, I can say man Euro 2016 could be absolutely amazing. You know what the best part
0: about Euro 2016 is?
1: Uh England might not go. I
0: don't <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll they'll make it. They they'll just flame out in the quarters. Um the best part about Euro 2016 is going to be all these great teams. And you know who's covering Euro 2016? ESPN. Us? ESPN. Oh. Well yeah, us. And oh, okay.
1: here. <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to have a surprise for me on the show. <laughs> we're going to Europe 2016, Wes. Wes, we're going to Europe, but you have to stay at the French border because they've listened to our show and they don't like you.
0: Yeah. Oh, they must not like me either then.
1: But, but the Belgians will accept you willingly. <laughs> uh, we, we can hang out in uh, Amsterdam. I'm uh, working on Flemish.
0: <sighs> so <laughs> the the great thing about this Belgian team, though, is... is is just how young they are. And and their captain was an elder statesman, quote-unquote. You know, the 28-year-old the Vincent Kompany, uh, mm-hmm. who our podcast takes its copyright from. Uh, he'll be 32. I would expect, as a defensive player, he can probably come back for the next World Cup. He'll certainly be there for Euro 2016. And I think he's a great mainstay in that middle of the defense just a very good general, much like uh, Thiago Silva and others that we've seen, I, th- I think this team is going to be so good. And, I, you know, Origi, he was he was an eye-opener for me. You know, you have guys like Morales and Lukaku up front, mm-hmm. and then just to see Origi come out only 19 years old and really make an impact on the world stage, just this, this team could be scary good for a few
1: years. And, and you know, like we said, the biggest thing for them is they've got to they've got to get it together where they are a team, and not just a, not just like the American League All Stars.
0: Yeah,
1: are <laughs> oh we've got twelve guys who can hit thirty home runs. Okay, can anybody get a bunt down in a tight game? <laughs> because it counts. And if, well, that's the thing with Belgium. Um, you know, they've just got to get that right. Company. The only downside on vonson Company is his health. He has really had some health problems the last few years, not only with Man City, but, uh, you know, here with Belgium in the tournament. I don't think he was ever 100% after the first match, mm-hmm. and he is such an important piece for him that he has got to uh, got to find a way to stay healthy.
0: So are, are you saying that it could be in Euro 2016, the defensive shoulders and workload could be resting on Jan Vertonghen? Oh. <sighs>
1: He's a Liverpool player by then. He'll be ready for it.
0: Oh, okay. You know what? You can have him. You you can have him.
1: <laughs> no, no, thanks. <laughs> we'll we'll just keep going to Southampton and uh, take them all of their players.
0: <laughs> oh, I wanted Lamella. Uh, moving on uh, to the final quarterfinal uh, in a thriller nil-nil draw uh, that ended in a four-three penalty win for the Dutch. CONCACAF Thunder goes out. Costa Rica, the last team from CONCACAF, does bow out. Another one of those tournament darlings. Uh, After winning a penalty shootout against Greece in the round of 16, they could not do the same against the Dutch. Uh, The Dutch hit every one of their penalties, something they did not do today against Argentina. Uh, Costa Rica could only uh, muster three and that was all she wrote. Good tournament, though, for Costa Rica. The big story, of course, in this match: Tim Krul coming on for the Dutch right at the death of extra time to come in solely for uh, the penalty shootout. Uh, Van Hall really, really showing how innovative and and a footballing genius he is.
1: Uh, he's no Moyes, but he's already off to a good start. Um... You know, that was something I was kind of keeping an eye on today, of course. I was working mm-hmm. while the match was going on, but I did, of course, have it up on my uh, tune-in radio app, uh, listening to the ESPN radio feed. Oh, it was uh, great. Shameless, shameless plug for the uh, worldwide leader, like they really need it. Um, and as I was doing it, I was kind of keeping an eye on the game tracker. And once I saw that third substitute come in for the Netherlands, Yep. Singing, well, there will be no Tim Kroll today, and truthfully, they probably could have used him.
0: Yeah, I don't know if... Did you actually see the shootout, or any of the highlights from the shootout?
1: Um, actually, they are on as I'm speaking to you now. Um, the uh, replay on ESPN FC is on. Mm-hmm. But no, was, I not seen it as of yet.
0: Uh, at, least, at least one of the makes from Argentina. I want to say uh, either the... Um, Uh, i'm actually in the netherlands costa rica match right now um we will say at least the uh aguero or rodriguez won the last two Mm -hmm. one of those two could have been saved by cruel i believe Uh, provided he guesses the same way that uh his fellow keeper did today um but yeah it was kind of stunning right now we're talking about the dutch costa rica costa rica in a in a yeoman's like effort that resembled the U.S.'s defensive presence against Belgium in their round of 16 match, Costa Rica defended, defended, defended. Actually, had a really good chance at about the 116th minute to put one in, couldn't do it. I don't know how good Costa Rica is going to be going forward. I think they'll be a pretty good team, but I I got to give them a lot of credit. They had a great tournament, represented CONCACAF well, and uh, they should be very proud. Of their finish in the World Cup,
1: I agree with it. Um, most likely, this is kind of a one-tournament aberration from mm-hmm. Costa Rica. You know, just because these these smaller non-football power nations, it's not like they usually put it together back to back or with any sort of frequency. An awesome job by those guys, though. Um, I don't expect really to see them back at this point in 2018 in Russia, mm-hmm. but absolutely for 2014, you can take nothing away from Costa Rica. Uh,
0: they will have, you know, uh, assuming that this roster is about the same as it will look in 2018, uh, Marco Urena only 24, Joel Campbell, uh, who might be poised to break out now at Arsenal unless he goes on loan. He's only 22. Uh, so there is a little bit of youth on this team, not a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, think that this was a one-off. That's not to say I would expect them to qualify from CONCACAF again. I would <laughs> even expect them to be good representatives of CONCACAF. I don't know if they'll make it out of their group. We got a Lord only knows how FIFA is going to, uh, have that draw go in 2018. Um, <laughs> not, not that we would ever suggest that they would fix a draw.
1: No, I mean, there's no way the U S could possibly end up with, uh, Three powers again? Could they? No, not at all. No, we we uh,
0: we're, we're like uh, France in that way. We get uh, one easy group stage, one difficult group stage. It it alternates.
1: Well, all right. So they should be doing easy one. So obviously they'll be in with England somewhere.
0: Yeah, just like we were in 2010. Um, nice. So that was that's it uh, for the quarterfinals. Uh, before we go, I I do think we should talk a little bit about the refereeing and the Brazil Colombia match. Uh, and what I believe was overall one of the worst officiated matches in the tournament uh, by Carlos Velasco Caballo of Spain. Uh, so Spain just having a really really good tournament overall. Uh, a couple of great group uh, stage matches that saw them lose to both Colombia and, uh, or sorry, Chile and the Dutch. Uh, by a combined 7-0, I believe, or 7-1, excuse me. And then uh, this, this gentleman, Carlos Velasco Caballo, having just a tremendous match calling Brazil-Colombia, which began to resemble more of the uh, Karate Kid than a soccer match.
1: Oh, if only we had had Johnny sweeping the leg. Ah, oh, sweep the leg, Johnny. Which,
0: which is basically what happened to Neymar. He, he, <laughs> he, he swept the back. <laughs>
1: Oh, poor Neymar.
0: Uh, I just, Neymar. For, I, from both sides, I think this is probably one of the worst officiated matches I've seen in a very long time. Uh, two of the yellow cards, uh, Thiago Silva with just, you know, mind-blowingly dumb play. Although I do have to ask, because I didn't know. I did not know you could get a yellow card for running into the ball as the the keeper kicks it. I did not know that was a yellow card offense.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like one of those old school tricks that we tried to do, you know, just to mess with people. Well, here's uh, the
0: thing, because I saw I was watching the, uh, the Argentina-Netherlands match today, uh-huh. and I saw Aguero, the, the keeper for the Dutch, he picked up the ball, he was kind of cradling it in his chest, and Aguero ran by and, like, threw his elbow into the ball in his chest. So my question is, is that not a cardable offense? Like, well, I'm just confused. I'm not saying the one on Silva shouldn't have been. I'm just, what, what is the rule here? What's, what's okay to do?
1: Well, now the thing I believe with Silva is if the official decided that it was a detriment to the safety of the keeper, Mm-hmm you know, I guess you could say maybe it was that, maybe that he felt, you know, he was maybe trying to, you know, some way harm the keeper, where with Aguero today, maybe it was just a little bit of gamesmanship mm-hmm. more or less. Um, but also I will say this, you know, uh, just listening to it on the radio from what Tommy Smith was saying, one of the better officiated matches today um, of course, one of the reasons is neither team really attacked. Him. <laughs> yeah. so, it's, it's
0: really easy to call a match when nobody's fouling
1: anybody. <laughs> when, they're, when they're not really trying to play much, I guess it's a little easier. But you know the, I guess that could be your difference in it. One was gamesmanship. One could be construed as you know trying to or, or not trying to injure the keeper, but potentially causing an injury to the keeper.
0: Okay. Well, and just just to show I'm not completely biased on your. I also thought, the yellow card on james rodriguez was just dreadful i don't think he'd been cautioned at all maybe once the entire match and that's that's when the 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 referee decides to really clamp down like no no young sir now you now you get the yellow and and even in the heat of the moment i i just looked at my tv and said that's a terrible decision the,
1: oh this, the, the official was complete trash there's another way to put it he was garbage um a steaming hot pile of garbage on top of it one of the worst fiji matches of all time that i've seen um i almost I almost don't know if fifa should maybe just pop an inquiry in there somewhere mm-hmm. uh, was he taking money for something it was a little match fixy it was a little match fixy and the nigerians weren't even involved so
0: we'll get to that later
1: absolutely
0: Um, so, and just before we close out, do you think, uh, Zuniga should have been suspended or, or, or had action taken against him for his, uh, foul on Neymar either during the game or, um, after the match?
1: Here's my thought on it. Um, and it's immediately what I thought of. Hey, let's talk about Suarez for a minute because you know, no one's talking about Suarez any. Oh yeah. Okay, what Suarez did, well, now that he's going to Barcelona, I think it's time for me to bash Suarez for what he actually did now. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. Yeah. Um, what Suarez did was stupid. It was, I mean, it was beyond idiotic. That said, Suarez went to bite a guy on the shoulder that's going to leave a mark. Um, Suarez never went into trying to break someone's back. Yeah, that's true. I will give you that. And Suarez is now suspended for four months. Now, once again, he is a repeat offender. I can um, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But Suarez, uh, basically, you're telling me that biting someone and I mean, really causing no harm, that's four months ban worse than you know a blatant high knee that breaks a guy's back.
0: No, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um. I think this is the second time in this tournament that FIFA have really failed to set a precedent when they could have. And, and we talked about it, I think, on our last pod when uh, Robin came out and admitted to diving in the in his match against um, – which one was it? Which which match did he do that? Oh, uh, Mexico. Me... Mexico. That's um, and, um, and FIFA basically saying, oh, because well, you admitted it, you're fine. Like, what Suarez did, like you said, was stupid and on a human being level was morally reprehensible. And I believe he got exactly what he deserved. That said, as far as the spirit of the game is concerned, what Robin did is just as bad. It's, it's tantamount to now in the NBA, you're getting hit with at least a $5,000 fine, possible suspensions, and and now you're also having a guy... Who obviously Colombia's out of the tournament, yep. but you can still suspend him for his next match. Suspend him for a for their their next qualifying match for 2018. So suspend him for a Copa America match. Suspend, you have to suspend him for something. The fact that a player can dangerously and recklessly go in like that for a challenge, and then FIFA does nothing. And again, it, it, it won't it won't help Brazil to do it after the fact. So it's not even it has anything to do with that. The fact that he did that, the referee didn't call anything, and then FIFA with a chance to make up for it in some way, also failed to act is to me, it's it's reprehensible. It's terrible and it shows a complete lack of control. I mean, they they're they're really lucky if, if I mean, if Colombia goes through, and and um and he's still allowed to play, I mean this is this is insane. This this would be this would be disastrous for FIFA. I believe. I, I think they're va- they're basically saved. And if this is their reasoning, it's terrible because Zuniga, Zuniga should be gone. He he should be gone for at least a match. Period. The end. Because you can't do what he did. I can understand hard. T- I can understand hard challenges. He took a knee into a guy's back jumping into him.
1: And, you, uh, you don't play where, you know, now forgive me if I'm wrong here. I don't even believe Neymar was on the ball at this point.
0: No, I believe I believe he had I believe he had just kicked it away. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean it was completely just ridiculous. And I, folks, I am nowhere near a neymar fan or apologist. I no, admire I his talent, not a big fan of him by any means, but I mean just an egregious, egregious foul. And it's just you know, looking back, at it, I, I don't blame FIFA for what they did with Suarez, mm-hmm. but y- you've got to come back and do something with something like this because once again, Suarez Suarez performed the actions of a three year old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you did what happened to Neymar, if you did that in the street, that's assault.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, this is this FIFA needs to start being consistent. And, and it's not doing that. It's, it, it took a great stand against Suarez, and I thought maybe this is where FIFA is finally turning the corner a little bit. And then they go and do Robin and this back-to-back with Zuniga. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled, and not even as a Brazil supporter, as just a, 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 a person who enjoys football and wants to see good football and not, and not have it develop, devolve into a street fight.
1: Yeah, then everything comes into light when you say two small words. Sip bladder. Oh, well yeah. I can't argue with that. I,
0: it it's just it's it's a shame. Um part of me in my rage wanted to suggest, well, if you're not gonna suspend Zaniga, you should uh not suspend Silva then then for uh Brazil's next match. Obviously I think that'd be idiotic to do, and if they had done that Part of me would have been even more mortified because that's that's terrible. <laughs> but but at the same token, it's like well, if you're not gonna if you're gonna let that guy play for what he did, you know, mm-hmm. maybe may, maybe you let Silva keep playing then too. Since especially since uh, Zuniga not only probably should have drawn a foul, he basically knocked out a player for the rest of the World Cup.
1: Yep, and um, and and more and farther into that, uh, Barcelona may be feeling the effects of that coming up. Yeah, because I'm not. Have you heard
0: how uh, long Neymar's out for? Because I haven't actually gotten an update on that. But I would assume with that kind of a back injury, it's got to be a while.
1: I mean, like you say, you got to assume it's going to be a while. And you got to assume that could be a little nagging. I mean, this is a young guy who you know had never really had injury problems, and now suddenly this is on his record. So. Mm. You know, I just see it going forward. It could be a problem down the line for him as well.
0: Yeah, back back injuries are really something you don't want to mess around with. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, well, we got to talk about it now. The two semifinal matches. The first one, <laughs> the worst semifinal result ever in the history of mankind. Germany seven, Brazil one. I don't think we have enough time left on this pod for me to list every one of Germany's goals. So I'll just say they happened. Uh, Oscar with a goal at the death in the 90th minute to salvage some bit of respect for Brazil, who will still have to play in a third-place third, uh, third place game. But um, also, I'd like to say uh, close, setting the, uh, the record um, for most goals in a World Cup career. Uh, The bitter part of me would like to point out that uh, you could uh, put the distance of all 16 of his goals in World Cup play end-to-end, and it wouldn't equal Jermaine Jones' strike against Portugal in distance. (laughs) Just saying. Not that I'm bitter.
1: Everybody needs that target, man. Uh, Everybody needs that target, man. All he does, it's like the old rap song, all he does is win, 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 no matter what.
0: I I suggested this on uh, Twitter after it happened. Uh, is uh, close the Chris Wondolowski of the World Cup?
1: Well, no, you know, close has been a fantastic player. I believe this is his fourth World Cup. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's been he has been deemed good enough four times by Germany of all places to represent them in the World Cup. I mean, that really does say something about the class that he brings. And you know, yes, his strikes are not Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo-esque. My God. Hey, however you get in the back of the net, you get in the back of the net. As an England fan, I wish we had somebody who could just put in the back of the net as much as he does.
0: Well, I hope he enjoys it because I believe his teammate Mueller's gonna gonna get his break his record in the next few World Cups. Also well, it says a lot he, about
1: I mean he uh he had to break another German record in uh the German bomber to get there in uh, uh oh uh Gerd Gerd Mueller, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So another, so another Mueller's going to come in again.
1: Mueller.
0: Um, um, also, it shouldn't be noted to point out, Close also had a lot of matches. I mean, you go to four straight semis, you, you, you're you also getting a whole lot of minutes to score all those goals. So nothing against him, really. But, I mean, he, he's had a whole lot of opportunities, and that's a credit to Germany as a whole, that they've had that many matches for him to score those 16
1: goals. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously he's been a big part of those successes.
0: So, so unless you have anything to add, I, I, I don't think there's anything to add more to this match.
1: Um, Well, I mean, other than the fact that there has been torrential flooding in Brazil ever since the match ended due to the tears of David Luiz and everyone in the stadium wearing green and gold, which has been... Quite well covered by yeah. ESPN. <laughs> Why does everyone keep crying so much? I mean, the Brazilians, Edward, Edward. I don't understand it. They cry when they win. They cry when they lose, and then they cry every time in between. It seems. I think. Um, I think this is a team that just fell apart from the pressure. They cracked. Yeah, I. I mean, they what... cracked, and you know, I think I made the point once again. One of my points that I think kind of came true for, that I made was I did not trust their back line without Tiago Silva. Mm-hmm. Silva papered over so many cracks for that group because, I mean, he is truly elite. Mm-hmm. He may, you know, His teammate, David Luiz, may be the most expensive central uh, defender in the world, yeah. but Tiago Silva is the best central defender in the world. And once he was off, I mean, the floodgates. Uh, you know, yesterday I spoke to you during the game, and I can tell you, you know, you were a little upset, and you were, oh, he wouldn't have made a difference. No, he would have made the difference. The problem is, if he hadn't been there in the other matches, Brazil never would have gotten that far.
0: Oh, and I agree with that. I, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Tiago Silva was amazing. This entire tournament, maybe... I mean, he's probably going to be on a, the best 11 when this whole thing ends. He's uh, got
1: it. Yeah. He's
0: got it. So, I just... Besides maybe... Maybe the first goal doesn't happen, Uh, the the first goal from Mueller.
1: But also, you know, if you go back and, you know, Wallace and um, Ballack really broke this down nicely last night. Once that first goal went in, you really saw the Brazilian defense. I mean, they just – they went to crap. Yeah. I mean, they were leaving so much space at the back. And David Luiz in particular – you know, when when you become the most expensive player at your position in history, um, people tend to watch you a little more. That's not a good thing for David Luiz because suddenly he was just standing around watching the ball yesterday. And one thing that Silva has done so well, Silva is the organizer of the back. And while Silva was there, Luiz was not being called out on doing these things because Thiago Silva had him under control and had that back line under control. Yes, he's one man, and you can look at the goals that happened yesterday, but I just believe with Silva, it never even begins like that, and that ball never starts rolling. Not saying that Brazil would have won, but it surely would have never been seven goals.
0: 538 had them as a, I believe, 64, 65 percent favorite to win against Mm -hmm. Germany, even even factoring in Neymar and Silva being out. Is it time we have to rethink (laughs) to to advanced team metrics for soccer? I think there's a lot of good individual metrics out there, but Mm -hmm. I mean, even even before this tournament began, Brazil was a was a plus 50 percent chance favorite to win the whole thing.
1: Well, I I believe, I really believe that, you know, the favorite to win it, here's what it came from. It came from A, they're on home soil, so you automatically get this home field advantage, which you figure in Brazil would be massive because of the passion of the fans.
0: Which we talked about, though, on a previous pod could have been a huge detriment for this team as well.
1: And I think that is what happened because, you know, this was not a group that stepped up to the pressure. This was a group that folded under the pressure. They fell apart because of the pressure. But, you know, when they came in, A, if you just go name by name down the list, Brazil, the talent level's amazing. You know, you've got... The best central defender in the world in Silva. You've got one of the ten best attacking players in the world, Neymar, who actually seems to get better in a Brazil shirt. Mm-hmm. Which you know, as you look at England players, they seem to get worse in an <laughs> England shirt. Neymar gets better in a Brazil shirt. Yeah. You know, and then you had just all these talented guys around him that you figured could make things happen. You know, two Brazil basically got fat and happy on about three years. I mean, because remember they they didn't have to qualify.
0: Yeah, that's true So they
1: never, other than the Confederations Cup They never played a match That had any real pressure to it So these guys had no pressure I mean, they could go out and play free-flowing, beautiful football Because if they lost, who freaking cares? It didn't do anything for them You know, and then suddenly you get into the tournament And hey, it matters now well, you've got a bunch of guys who have never been through the crucible of even having to qualify, because this is pretty much a young Brazil team. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you have the, um, the older outliers who are complete crap, such as Joe and Fred and Hulk, <laughs> but, you know, you had guys who had not been through that crucible of, like I said, even having to qualify for the tournament, much less play the tournament. Um, Brazil definitely had their reasons to be the favorites. But there were way too many questions. I think the other thing was people had so many questions about everyone else in the tournament as well.
0: Yeah, and that's that we we to be honest, really until this German performance, we still probably didn't think that there was a truly great team in this tournament. Uh, despite the Dutch winning their first match 5-1 and Germany winning their first match 4-0 over Portugal. After that, there really wasn't a team that was just blowing you away, oh, oh, they're the favorites. They're they're absolutely the favorites. I mean, yeah. really. Once we got to the quarterfinals, basically, besides Costa Rica, would anybody have surprised you from those the other seven teams if they had won the whole thing?
1: No, I mean there there really was none. Um, I mean, everybody could play. Everybody has their holes. That's the other thing. Everybody has their weaknesses in this group. It's not like there's just a fantastic all around team like some of the Brazil teams of the past, some of the German teams of the past. You know, um, Italy of 2006, France in 98. There were none of those just fantastic top-to-bottom, front-to-back, you know, fantastic teams.
0: Also, uh, one last question for Brazil as we autopsy them. Uh, And I believe Taylor Twelman also brought this up on Twitter. Uh, When's Brazil getting another number nine?
1: Oh, right now they certainly don't have one. And this um, this was some important, you know, this was some big stuff on... Uh, you know Liverpool or Liverpool excuse me uh, ESPnFC <laughs> uh, over the last few days just talking about it just um, and also uh, I was listening to talk sport on uh, the TuneIn app of course um, and that was that's the talk over in England is hey you know what's happened to the number nine at Brazil which used to be so devastating you know I, I just I don't know kids nowadays they want to you know, they, they like the midfield because they can do so much more with the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, hey, you know, I think Brazil would kill to have close in their lineup. <laughs> I mean, hey, just somebody who just stands three feet from the goal and scores over and over. Um, sometimes you just need that.
0: Well, they're they're gonna have some questions coming up. Also, not not a comp- a very young roster either. Uh, Donny Alves, already thirty one. Tiago Silva is twenty nine. Uh, David Luiz twenty seven. Dante is thirty. Uh, Mycon thirty two. Fernandinho twenty nine. Uh, is twenty nine. Fred thirty. But you know who really cares? Joe twenty seven. But who really cares? Hulk twenty seven. Um, so basically, really besides maybe. Besides, well, and,
1: and let me throw one more thing in there, going over those names. Those are still guys who are relatively new to the Brazil jersey yeah. because, you know, sometimes over the past, Brazil has been so loaded that, you know, you don't, other than maybe Neymar and a few guys here and there, I mean, you don't get a lot of 20-year-olds who break into the Brazil team. So suddenly, you know, yes, these guys are older. You know, Fernandinho, uh, Silva. I mean most of them didn't play in the last World Cup when they were 25 26 you know they're once again they're having to get their feet wet at a later age even though age wise you would think they'd be fine but you know that that's another thing is the youth is not there as much and it's because you've got so many guys kind of I guess holding down the youth movement
0: yeah it's it's going to be very interesting to see Basically, you're. I guess if you're looking to build around guys, you're looking at really Oscar and Neymar.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, And I I will just Bernard. I will throw a Liverpool guy in there, even though he wasn't there. Uh, Uh, Yeah, Coutinho. Coutinho's a guy who maybe actually could have helped Brazil out in this tournament. You know, uh, Coutinho Bernard. They've got some, especially up front. They've got some guys to build around. Mm-hmm. um i i do believe Coutinho, if he continues what he's doing at liverpool will find his way into the brazilian team and will help out with that group i think up front they're going to be fine uh, they really need to find a couple of strikers but um as far as that creative you know brazilian style midfielder and winger they're going to be fine there
0: mm-hmm. i um <laughs> i actually thought you were, you were there's another guy actually from liverpool that's already on the uh, the recent call-ups list for Brazil, uh, and it's not Coutinho. Uh, it's Lucas Leiva. Uh,
1: he may be on his way out of Liverpool in the next week, but still, yes, Lucas. Um, Lucas Leiva would have been a really good player on this team. Injuries have just slaughtered him over the past three seasons. Mm.
0: Well, moving on to the other match, uh, the one that took place today, not to date this podcast, Dutch nil, Argentina nil, Argentina advance 4-2 on penalties. Uh, It was
1: so wonderful seeing the dirty Dutch out of this. uh,
0: What a crap game, though. I mean, what an absolutely terrible game.
1: All I needed from this game was a result, and that's what I got. Uh, It was the Dutch out and uh my newly beloved argentina in uh it's it was just it was dreadful i mean i it, it was it's
0: maybe <sighs> maybe besides iran nigeria in the group stage i think this is the next worst game we've had this tournament i mean this was this was crap we talked about france and germany kind of sleepwalking i <laughs> wish we had gotten that game today i, I almost, that would have been so much better
1: i don't think you had sleepwalking today Ed, i really think i really think you can blame germany for this game neither team wanted to be the next team to give up setting <laughs> goals in a game that's true um I really I think both of these teams may have been a little shell-shocked just from what they saw yesterday and were really cautious. Um because you have some fantastic attacking players in this match. Obviously, um the transcendence of Messi on the other side, uh Robin, um Schneider, you know, the the Dutch have players. Obviously, Argentina has the best player in the world. Um I just think they were really cautious, and I really think the uh, Brazil-Germany match had a lot to do with that.
0: That's that's all I can really imagine. Um, I want to I see if I can actually get some of the uh, the stats from this game as we go to FIFA.com. So there's one thing FIFA's actually good at. It's having po- post-match statistics. Um, mm-hmm. Seven total attempts for the Dutch, eight for Argentina, five deliveries into the penalty area, and... Um, 656 passes completed. Um, so out of those seven attempts for the Dutch, three were on target. Uh, for the eight for Argentina, five were on target. Um, I mean, just, just, just only three set pieces combined. Just, just it, not there really. Was,
1: there was no attack today. No one. No one wanted to be caught because both of them are so good on the counter. Neither of them want to get to get caught on the counter. And, and you'll see this play out sometimes in the Premier League when you have two teams that are so good at counterattacking. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to counter on me. I'm not going to give you the opportunity to counter on me. So we're going to play nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe, which almost happened to this, maybe a moment of brilliance or two sparks a goal somewhere. But overall, we're just, you know, both teams are going to play conservative because they don't want to get run off by the other one.
0: Yeah, it actually looked like uh, an extra time. The Dutch were actually going for it, whereas Argentina looked very content to go to penalties. Uh, Robin actually had a very good chance uh, as he sliced through a couple defenders uh, late in extra time, but just could not convert. Um, And that was probably the the Dutch best chance the entire match. Um, So moving forward now, as we take a look, Germany-Argentina. One person on Twitter said, Can we just give Germany the cup now and have Argentina, the Dutch, and Brazil all play in the third-place match?
1: Oh, but see, that's where where everybody's going to hurt themselves, is thinking this thing is over. If there's anything we've learned from this World Cup... Nothing is over until the last whistle blows.
0: Which Lord only knows when that's going to happen. Now for for FIFA's writers.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, you think about it now. I mean, Germany—they basically sleptwalked a one-nothing game against France. I mean, did anyone in the world see seven coming? No. I mean, especially after the display. I mean, after the France game, there were calls in Germany of what's wrong with this team. Oh, they're not playing well. You know, we're in real trouble against Brazil. Yeah, they happen to catch Brazil perfect and things really fell their way. But, I mean, this Germany team, they have been good. Don't get me wrong, and I do believe overall they are the best team there. Mm-hmm. But, as you know, in this sport, the best team does not always win. And that's what I'm really looking forward to in this match is a ma- a true matchup of the best team versus the best player.
0: I think Germany's going to win, too, no. I... I... I have not been totally impressed with Argentina at any point in this entire tournament. Just.
1: I... I'm, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a score line that is uh, going to make you roll your eyes and shake your head okay. because you will be completely bored with the entire match. Uh, I think it's going to be one nil Argentina. And I think they're going to do it an extra time. I... <laughs> they're going to, I really think they're going to try to deflate the ball keep it away from Germany as much as possible. They'll be happy to go back. I'm telling you, they'll be happy to go back to penalties. They've got no problem with that. They'll be happy to go to penalties at nil-nil. They're going to take their air out of the ball, try to keep it away from Germany, and hope that maybe Messi can spark and just make a make, make an amazing uh, Messi-slash-Maradona play in there and win the Cup.
0: Well, if you ever wanted to see what it would be like if Jose Mourinho coached a World Cup final, There you go! You're there, and of course,
1: this is a rematch of 1986 and, and 1990. Uh, 1986, Argentina three, West Germany two. In 1990, West Germany one, Argentina nil. So um, I just I think we're going to see something sort of like 1990 when the Germans were uh, boring and very
0: efficient. We well, seen you have to remember uh, Germany now gets to play with the other half of their country.
1: So well, that is, the that is part, very important. Part, the Eastern part was never that good to start with. So. Uh, and just a reminder in 1990, England finished fourth. Oh, good off. Good uh, last, last, last time it ever really mattered for England.
0: Oh. Good, good times. So that's, that's our look right now at the World Cup. We'll of course be coming back next week with a full post-mortem. Again, we hope to have Nick Petrovich on. We'll talk not just about the final match itself, but overall, how did some teams do, especially the ones close to us. We'll do a little more post-mortem work on England and the United States, as well as Brazil as a host country. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Moving on now to other football news. Uh, We alluded to this earlier but FIFA has suspended the Nigerian football federation reading from gold.com. Uh, the FIFA emergency committee has suspended suspended the Nigerian football association with immediate effect due to alleged government interference the move comes after the dissolution of the NFF executive committee by the country's government and the detention of NFF president Aminu Maigari by the Department of the D-State Security Service. Um, the decision follows a letter sent by FIFA to the NFF on July 4th, in which it expressed its great concern after the NFF was served with court proceedings and, consequently, an order preventing the president and the members of the NFF Congress from running the affairs of Nigerian football. Um so the suspension will be lifted once the court actions have been withdrawn and the properly elected NFF executive committee, the NFF general assembly and the NFF administration are able to work without any interference in their affairs. Maybe the darkest story we've heard. I mean, we obviously we had the, uh, the Ghanaian story of the, the money being flown to them before their match against Portugal and then two players being kicked off the team. Uh, we've had all the protest stories going on in Brazil Nigeria was a pretty feel-good story. Uh, they gave France a real run in their round of 16 match, had a, a chance to really win that, steal that one, just couldn't do it. This is this is really depressing.
1: Well, I mean, man, unfortunately, and this sounds, sounds like a terrible generalization, but, I mean, let, let's geopolitically look at Africa. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all corruption
0: are you call, are you calling Africa the FIFA of continents
1: yes they are the FIFA of continents I mean whether it's on a uh, football pitch or in a football boardroom or whether it's you know warlords and poverty-stricken countries you know uh, hoarding everything for themselves it, it is a continent that is rife with uh, treachery it is rife with um, corruption and it's just... I mean, it sucks. It sucks to be a fan of some of these countries because, I mean, where is it ever going to get better? I I, I mean, don't know. think if Nigeria was still playing and this all had popped out. I mean, what's going to happen? You're, you're – oh, man. I mean, it's rough. It sucks for them. It sucks for the people. It sucks for the players. You know, it sucks for the coaches. But, I mean, it's just – right now, Africa, football-wise, it's still the Wild West.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so we saw it's,
1: it. it's the Wild West.
0: And it's it's sad to think because, I mean, it's I it, it's hard to say it's fair to generalize that, that whole area. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> you look at what Nigeria was able to do. You look at what Algeria was able to do, and you wonder, well, are they next? I mean, this was a feel-good story and a team that really looks like maybe they're building towards something. I mean, this isn't the Algeria team this year. It wasn't the same one that the U.S. had to get a, a super late goal on to advance out of the group stage in 2010. I mean, this was an Algeria that had ideas and invention and really looked like they were playing some creative football. And you just wonder, when's the other shoe going to drop for them? And you hate to wonder that, but I think that's one of the sad realities of African football right now, unless you're maybe Cote d'Ivoire. And even then, I don't know how susceptible they're going to be going forward.
1: Well, I mean, they're coming out of what's being called a golden generation. So what to see with that group? But I mean, just uh, with the African with the African nations, it, it's always one of those you hear an insane story about something that happens, and I mean, you don't even have to hear a team; and you can just be like, "Yeah, that's Africa," <laughs> and then you find out, "Yes, it's Africa." You know, whether it's you know, witch doctors killing children because their team. Lost by three goals instead of just two goals, or I mean, just just crazy, crazy mess goes on over there, and it just it, it goes right into the football.
0: It's it's really depressing. Hopefully, they can get it cleaned up. I don't know how they really can, just the way all the governments are set up over there, like you were saying. But I guess you just you pray for the best and expect the worst. I guess is the best way to go about it.
1: Well, I mean. All I can say is, I guess the rains down in Africa. Oh! Uh, did I just, for no reason, drop a Toto reference? You
0: totally dropped a Toto reference. Oh my god!
1: I don't really know why I did that. I just uh, every time I say Africa, I want to sing that. Oh so. uh,
0: well, we got we got a few uh, transfer rumors we can go through as well. Uh, we have the latest on thanks to Bleacher Report. Uh, the latest on Thomas Vermeulen and Alexis Sanchez. Uh, it does look like uh, Arsenal might be spending a little bit of money, which uh, and I think you should actually put post this on our Facebook page on the Only Sports Show Facebook page. The video you sent me uh, showing exactly how Arsene Wenger would uh, proceed to buy a candy bar.
1: <laughs> uh, it's good times. Um, they've been begging Wenger for a decade now to spend money. Uh, last year, you know, he finally spent some on Mesut Özil last summer, yep. and then it was seen as a complete panic buy. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, so you need another attacking central midfielder? Of course you do. You don't have enough of those. <laughs> uh, and then he wasn't great. Sanchez, uh, Alexis Sanchez, the Chilean star, has been uh, widely linked. Uh, to be part of a Suarez deal going to Liverpool. Mm -hmm. Well, this past week he made it pretty clearly known that if he's going to England, he would rather go to the capital. He'd rather go to London. Um, And, you know, if you're Liverpool, you would love – I mean, Alexis Sanchez would be amazing playing in the Liverpool style of play, playing in that team. He'd be amazing. But, hey, if he doesn't want to be in Liverpool, you know, don't make him go (laughs) –
0: yeah, because <laughs> well, if know. he does, it looks like Arsenal's really going out for him. And, of course, he had 19 goals and 10 assists in Le- La Liga last season. It's exactly. not too shabby. I mean, obviously, it's easy to get dwarfed when you're playing in the same league as Ronaldo and Messi.
1: Still, that's... And, and, well, and bad. when you're actually on a side where you're with Messi and right. Neymar. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and Pedro, who's also a very good uh, finisher. Um, but, you know, he, he's... Now the thing for him is going to be: um, can he adjust to the physical style he's going to get in the Premier League? He's not going to have as much time on the ball, um, and he won't have as much space to operate. I think he's going to be just fine though. Um, and since he's going to Arsenal, we can only hope he breaks his leg in October. Yeah, of course. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what, what else you got, man? What, uh, what it it got?
0: does look like there uh, that uh, whole Chelsea PSG uh, tunnel of transfer. It looks like it might be intensifying as Paul Pogba has been rumored to be going from PSG to Chelsea. As we did mention earlier, David Luiz, of course, signing that gigantic contract to um, go from Chelsea. Check
1: that real quick now. Pogba is actually a Juventus player, huh?
0: They they had him like in under the PSG news. So uh, well,
1: I I've, think he he has been he has been highly linked with PSG. Ah. Um, but uh, Pogba and, of course, a French international. But Pogba has been with Juventus ever since signing as a free for Manchester United.
0: And I actually see that now. Don't don't fact check this podcast. Don't 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 spoil <laughs> that. Uh, there's also been some news that uh, Bayern Munich star and German star right now, Tony Cruz, has been going linked to Chelsea.
1: Tony Cruz.
0: And also Thorgen Hazard. So
1: Cruz uh, actually. Um, Also, he he has been a major, it seems, Man United target Mm -hmm. Um, for a good four or five months. His name has been floating around Man United. Um, I'm going to tell you, as an obvious Man United hater, by the time you hear this, it won't have happened yet. Next week, I I expect to see a flurry of transfers over the next couple of weeks with the World Cup ending. For sure. Um, I'm really kind of holding my breath to see what Man United does because once Van Hall is there – that could it could get a little uh, tingly nipple time around a the Premier League. L-
0: a little dicey for a fan of every other team, or if you're just a man you hater, which I believe we are both of.
1: Could could get a little weird there. Um, Liverpool this week. Uh, I will throw their big one in there. Is um, the Benfica uh, wonder kid? Uh, Lazar Markovic, the 20-year-old, uh, Liverpool in the final stages of securing a 25-million-euro transfer. Uh, Markovic is set, uh, The uh, believe he's Serbian, is set to be one of the you know, real next up-and-coming uh, attacking players in football. And Liverpool getting in on him early. Uh, that's our exciting news of the week. Of course, Zerdin Shaqiri still out there. Uh, maybe coming to Liverpool, uh, L- Liverpool, you know, we've, we've been we've been connected with a lot of, you know, Liverpool's not going to pay for the 40 million dollar guy, mm-hmm. but Liverpool's looking to make those 20, 20 million pound signings of guys who should only get better in the future. That's more the Liverpool buying mode at this time. Uh-huh. So a lot of younger guys, uh, like we said earlier, Deivuka in Liverpool for a medical. So uh, you know, exciting, exciting times at the pool.
0: Well, that would be great, and I, I think you're right. It'll be exciting to see at, right after the World Cup finishes the flurry of transfers that will finally probably happen as as coaches and players alike start to focus back on playing for a club instead of country for just a little bit. All right, that is your soccer for the week. So let's move on to another very English topic: uh, the Open, the Open Championship will be taking place uh, this year
1: at at In Royal Liverpool.
0: Liverpool. Royal Liverpool, you'll never golf alone.
1: Oh, you'll never golf alone. I wonder if Stevie G is going to be a bad boy. Uh I hope
0: it's not I raining just, out there.
1: I just I just hope he doesn't slip.
0: There you go. Um, so, do you do you have any predictions? It should be noted that uh, the course this year is playing longer than it ever has. Uh, interesting of note, it was held three times between 47 and 67. Uh, and was never over 7,000 yards and then in 2006 was close to 7,300 this year it's over 7,300 a very challenging course as just about everyone uh, in uh, England is of course especially on the mercy side of England Um, thoughts Uh, do you have anybody you're, you're looking out for any any favorites you want to throw out there Tiger obviously this will be his first major championship go of the year
1: Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. No, I'm not picking Tiger by any means. Um, it might sound kind of like, Shh, yeah, whatever. He's just saying it. Um, you've always got to watch out for Phil Mickelson at yeah. these kind of courses. He's very good at the league's courses that you find over in, uh, in Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, I believe, oh, don't quote me on this. I, I know he's won the Open at least twice. I want to say three times he's won the Open. Um, apparently he's been... He's been in Britain for the last couple of weeks preparing for it, uh, just for the simple fact that I don't know a lot of golfers, Mm -hmm. and because I like old Phil, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with old Mickelson. I
0: am gonna throw two out there. I am gonna go. uh, I'm gonna throw Hunter Mahan out there, uh, a young guy who has yet to break through in a major. I think this could be his time, and a guy that's that's won some big tournaments before, uh, Graham McDowell. Uh, out of uh, Northern Ireland, uh, I think he has a chance. He has always come up big in these kind of situations. I think those are two guys to look out for. But a lot, lot, lot of big names, including Keegan Bragley, Justin Johnson, Martin Keimer, uh, Matt Kuchar. Uh, and some of the ones that will not be there include uh, Tom Watson, Greg Norman, and Nick Price. So the tournament will be a little sadder for not having them, but it's sure to be a great Open on Merseyside, England. Um, are, are, are we going to see? Could this be the last chance to see Suarez? Is he going? Is he going to run out of a bunker and bite somebody?
1: <laughs> Talk <laughs> um, about a hazard! It is. It is. Yeah, about a hazard. On in Liverpool, uh, it is a non FIFA sanctioned event. So There's nothing stopping him from being there and attacking.
0: hey, uh, hey that's what he does best. <laughs> no matter whether it's
1: his feet or his teeth. Well, you know, uh, the one you just came up with, Graham McDowell, the Northern Irishman, you know, uh, another fine Northern Irishman there who's doing great things in Liverpool. Of course, the great B.R. Brendan Rodgers. Will those two uh, maybe country mates, uh, you know, come together and Graham just play a really exciting attacking style of golf?
0: Which ultimately leads him to finishing second when he gives up three exactly. on the 17th.
1: And then he he and then he can, he can finish second. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad finish. Seconds great. Uh, I believe that gets you into the uh, the Champions League of the PGA Tour.
1: There you go.
0: Um. So that is our yeah. That's our great golf preview. Um. Looking at the rundown. Uh. Do you want to talk a little basketball? Do you want to spend sixty seconds and talk about where LeBron can go? Because God forbid, you know, SportsCenter talks for less than half their show about it.
1: Now um, this Le- 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 LeBron you speak of—he's a basketball player. I I believe. I believe he plays basketball. I've heard he, like, tried to play
0: football. Not our football, but the, the American football. Uh, and wanted to maybe play a little bit of that. But I, I, I think he plays basketball.
1: Interesting, interesting. Okay.
0: He's no uh, Tyler let's, Zeller.
1: Let's talk about him. Apparently he's tall and he can jump. So let's talk about him, sure. All
0: right. Um, in, in five words or less, where, where do you think he ends up?
1: Oh, God, Cleveland. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the best answer you could
0: give. Oh, God, Cleveland.
1: God, Cleveland. Um, I- I'm going to tell you, man, right now, he could do – and this, you know, folks, I think of Cleveland in the same breath as I think of the Dutch and the French. Yes. Um, It's such a good opportunity for him to go back right now. You know, Kyrie Irving is such a good young point guard. They They've really got – I mean, they've got a nice team assembled right there in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. To me, all they really need is that one go-to guy. And who's more go-to at this point than LeBron James? Yeah. I, I I think he could go to Cleveland in a weekend Eastern Conference. Why would it be weakened? Because Miami would suck at that point. Yes.
0: Yeah. Especially if uh, uh, Bosch ends up going to Houston or somewhere else as well.
1: Exactly. I, I don't think Bosch goes. Bosch definitely doesn't go back without LeBron. I don't think he's going back with LeBron. Um, I think Cleveland could be poised to be coming out of the East. And, uh, you know, suddenly all those ashes of LeBron jerseys, uh, people will be trying to fish them out of whatever landfill, uh, also known as Cleveland's downtown. Uh, that they can find. Uh, it will be the biggest. Re jumping onto a bandwagon. That you will have ever seen in sports history. I,
0: I saw I saw it bandied about that. If he doesn't go back to Cleveland now. It will be an even bigger heartbreak. For Cleveland. I find that sort of hard to believe. I find it. I, I, I don't believe anything could be worse. Than when he actually left. At this point he's just considering going back i don't think if he if he goes to new york or or chicago or even back to miami i don't i can't really believe it would be that big of a heartbreak again i'm sure they'd be hurt but i i don't imagine it'd be as bad as when he left
1: well i I just i believe i completely believe it's going to be between re-signing with miami or going to cleveland um when he left Cleveland, his reason was, you know, you haven't put pieces around me. Right. Well, you know what, buddy? There are better pieces right now in Cleveland than what you have in Miami. Yeah. Yes, there's no Dwayne Wade, but, hey, this isn't the Dwayne Wade that he signed with three years ago. Oh, yeah. this is Obviously, this is a shell of that Dwayne Wade. Um,
0: For better, Delonte West is not walking through that door.
1: No, no, he's not. I mean, it's just Cleveland – has the opportunity to be so good. They just need, you know, it's it's like a big jigsaw puzzle, and they just need that last piece to really put it in place. And suddenly you look at it and go, oh, okay, now I get it. LeBron could be that piece. He could go back to the one place that hates him so much that would instantly become his uh, fans again. <laughs> it, it, it would be maybe the most heartwarming story in uh, maybe in ever in the NBA. But, of course, then something would happen and he would never win a title in Cleveland, mainly because it's Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Cle- Cleveland's never going to win a title again. No, nice. no, no. But, you know, they would go to they would go to so many NBA finals and lose. It would be fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, enjoy Johnny Manziel, Cleveland. Oh, uh, Johnny Football. I'm a Johnny Football fan, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, all right. As
0: we hit the zeitgeist, uh, before we get into our So Raw update for the week,
1: uh, I want to play a
0: new game with you this week. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it Crash. Okay. I want you to think, that have you have you attended concert, musical concerts in your life, Wes Bradshaw?
1: I, I have, and some of them I even realized I was actually there.
0: Oh, well done. You were lucid for some of these. Um, so here's the question. Uh, in light of one of my favorite bands in the world, uh, Linkin Park, they recently crashed a Vans Warped Tour event and basically got on stage. Uh, nobody really knew they were coming until about the day of. And uh, every other group that was there basically came on with them and played with them. And it was basically a gigantic jam session of a bunch of different bands with them. So my question to you, Esperatsha, what is one concert you've been to in your life that you wish had been crashed by a band you loved?
1: A band that I loved? Huh?
0: Crashing a concert you went to.
1: Maybe the most interesting would have been back in the day. I would have loved to have seen my beloved Rage Against the Machine crash a James Taylor concert. I was oh, at that.
0: that'd be fantastic. Um, or,
1: or maybe see Wu Tang hop up there with Toby Keith. That would have been good. Um, <laughs> man, what what would have been cool? Um, I don't know. This is one I, I wish I'd had a little time to think of. You know, uh, I've seen some really cool little pairings. You know. Um, uh, Darius Rucker opening a few years ago for, uh, for Kenny Chesney. And then they played together during the concert. That was, that was a cool little deal. You know, you had the whole hootie plus, uh, Kenny thing. All the frat boys just couldn't live with themselves after that. It was so great. Um, yeah, I, w- I would have to go with rage and, um, James Taylor though. I do believe.
0: That's a really good one. Um, this is going to be a really weird one. Uh, this was the first concert I ever went to. This was in Greenville. A uh, mm-hmm. radio station there put it on. And bands like uh, Breaking Benjamin, Puddle of Mud, even though I didn't really mm-hmm. like Puddle of Mud, were there. Uh, as well as Parmalee, who apparently have turned into a country band. which I don't, uh,
1: that, That's the word.
0: Uh, which I don't totally understand because when I saw them, and this was granted in 2004, 2005, uh, they yes. were very much an alt-rock band. Exactly,
1: very. you know. I, I suddenly, my wife said something like they were on the country station. I'm like by accident, and she said no. <laughs> yeah. and I said, but I saw them in concert like three times, and every time they were a rock band. What the
0: hell? Yeah, they they were definitely rock band. They were actually they were my second favorite group I saw there. I saw a lot of groups. They were, good. Uh, they were very good. Yeah. Uh, and now apparently they're a country. So sorry, guys. Whatever. Um, Whatever. I Whatever. would say yeah. I would say that concert. Uh, would have been crashed uh, by by Sarah Borellis. I think would have been a and this is the Sarah Borellis I saw back when she was a young a youngin and was full of sass and bitchiness and just don't give an fness. And when she was like a, an actual pop rocker uh, in the vein of oh what are what are her predecessors that now that now have completely like Fiona Apple. Like people like that, just to hear her come out with her piano and just rock with people, I think would have been tremendous.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe Liz Fair or something like oh, that. Oh,
0: I love Liz Fair. That's Liz that's the one.
1: Liz Fair's fantastic. Can, uh, can, Here we go. Canada's own, I believe. Oh, was she Canadian? Oh, I lost respect I, for her, but it's all good. How dare you? My, 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 my personal favorite com- Canadian, I believe, Alanis Morissette. Oh, maybe that's who I'm
0: thinking of. Let me. I got. I got to do a quick check on this. Maybe not, you that, were
1: not, that, um, not that. Not but, that. I mean, we got a little Lennis set because we know what she did to uh to Dave Coulier. I mean, she did some pretty kinky sh- to him in a movie theater, apparently. So that gets mad respect from me.
0: Oh yes. Oh, it's it's. uh Dave Coulier is our personal hero. I think now. Um. So that's that's that. Uh. Do you do you have any more thoughts now that you may have had? A minute or two to ruminate. I will also tell you, Liz Fair, close to Canada. She was born in Connecticut.
1: Oh, close enough. That might as well be uh, Canadian at that point. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of country concerts in my life. Um, to me, country bands just give. A, I, I'd rather go to a country concert. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to sit there and listen to it in the radio on the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, just love a good country concert. Uh. I, so as far as that, you know, I would uh, personally, I think George Strait could crash anybody's concert and it would just be awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, c- could you imagine maybe like Slipknot playing and then, uh, hey everybody, hey everybody, it's me, George Strait. Oh, he—they're he,
0: like already eight people. He would just jump in with his fiddle. It'd be fantastic.
1: I mean, it would be fantastic. I mean, you know, maybe maybe get Charlie Daniels. Um, yeah, we get Charlie Daniels, George Strait, and, uh, and and Puddle of Mud. Why not? Let's throw. Oh yes. Yeah,
0: uh, the, the, the the bluegrass slipknot covers you never knew you wanted.
1: Just like hayseed Dixie, the uh, ACDC uh, bluegrass cover band.
0: Uh, speaking of ACDC, uh, as you know, this was the World Cup of CONCACAF Thunder. Every time somebody said that, all I heard in my head was the opening uh, part yeah. to Thunderstruck by ACDC. DC. <laughs>
1: I thought you were going ACDC. I thought we had another Tiago Silva joke coming.
0: So. Oh no, no, no. Although I will be honest, that actually started with me chanting uh uh Drogba. When uh Drogba. Da, da, da 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 Drogba
1: Alright, can we edit that out by any chance?
0: No, not at all. That's staying in. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna stop singing
0: now. Alright, but you can stop singing, but we can now hit The So Raw Update of the Week. I will let you give your update, and then we'll talk about the WWE Network.
1: Yeah, that's not a problem. Uh, So Raw this week, it's a week of actual news. Yay! Uh, And the big news, not good news for WWE fans. Daniel Bryan, uh, of course, was going in for a second neck surgery. Now they've done some MRIs on his shoulder. It looks like he's going to have to have shoulder surgery as well. So right now, an indefinite uh, suspension of a timeline for Daniel Bryan. Uh, He is reportedly no not on any WWE plans for the upcoming many months to come. Just really sad for a guy who finally had had gotten to the mountaintop of the profession, you know, of yeah. the entertainment, of uh, and was really, really, really over with the fans. Uh, suddenly he is, he's kind of no more for the moment. As they said, he is out of plans at the moment. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's a tough thing for all the Daniel Bryan fans to hear. Um, You know, and Ed, even you and I, you know, every now and then we like to point our fingers to the air, raise our arms, and just utter, yes, 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 yes. Yes!" Yes! I mean, it's just such a positive, fun thing to say, a good old yes chant. So that kind of sucks for Daniel Bryan. Uh, As far as um, television this week, uh, push storyline, storyline push. That's great. You know, nothing. Nothing too earth shattering. we know what we're getting. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it much last week the return of Chris Jericho is something I'm really excited about mm-hmm. um, for all the millions of Jericho Holics out there. Um, <laughs> you know he, he's a, he's a great talker man Jericho's Jericho's just one of those guys you know has a great podcast um, you know has a, actually has a real music career, has a real rock band that he's uh-huh. the uh, lead singer of on his podcast I had to listen to one of his new songs, not exactly my cup of tea but hey, He's got some talent. It's all right. Fozzie's fine. They're not great, but they're fine. Fozzy, yeah, I mean, they're... I, I'm, not, I'm not having them dream-crashing George Strait concerts, by any no, means. but. No. um but, but really, I mean, that's about it. I just saw something came over, uh, a tweet on the WWE Alerts. And uh, this, actually, this coming up week... Uh, Monday Night Raw in Richmond, Virginia on Monday, Ooh. and on Tuesday for SmackDown it will be Ed in one of our favorite places in the world, Faithfield? The Crown Coliseum. Yes. Oh so my Ed, God! If we call the NCHSAA right now. Maybe they can get us into the Crown Coliseum to see SmackDown, where it has been confirmed the Nature Boy Ric Flair will be in attendance. Oh, how how could he not
0: be? I mean, it's in North Carolina. I mean, it's 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 the crap part of North Carolina. <laughs>
1: Well, he, he has warrants. He has warrants. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so for all you folks here in North Carolina, in the in the uh, eastern, the southeast, uh, it is your week coming up to get your wrestling fix. I personally was hoping to maybe make my way down to Raw in uh, in Virginia, but not going to be able to make it this time. I'm already looking for the future. They're coming to Greensboro in December. We'll see what happens. Ooh, ooh. Um, but just not going to work out for me at this time. Uh, so no Raw or SmackDown for me, but definitely they will be in Virginia and North Carolina in the next week. Um, and, hey, if the Nature Boy is going to be there, I mean, nothing gets cooler than the Nature Boy being there. So not at all. It's, it's my segment of So Raw, so now let's talk a little network.
0: All right, uh, we'll talk a little numbers here. Uh, it was announced in April that the WWE Network has only – six hundred and sixty seven thousand subscribers uh it could they were trying to get to two million by the end of the year uh so we'll see if they get there uh it did say that after the adjusted business outlook the network would lose the company fifty million dollars this year if subscription rates did not increase uh and as i've seen in this article uh a very a very creepy hey kids do you want some crack vibe from a tweet vince mcmahon <laughs> sent out do you want to sample hashtag wwe network for free like it's just hey kids free, come try free, this crack.
1: Uh, free, a free trial this week going on at the moment ed i'm i'm assuming you're gonna sign up for the free trial at
0: least yeah i don't even need a credit card to do it so and and hey the miz the miz tweeted about it so you know i have to hop on it
1: the back. He's a uh, he's a major Hollywood star. Just starting the straight to DVD Marine Four.
0: Um, there are some other things, of course. We talked about the nine wrestlers that were fired. Uh, there have been reportedly cut budgets and delayed production on two of the original programs for the WWE. Um, right. A little, a little, a little shaky. Uh, and there's worry that if SummerSlam doesn't bring in a lot of the new. Uh, Recruits to watch uh, the network. Uh, it won't be until January when they do the next Royal Rumble that they'll able mm-hmm. be able to be another big push for subscribers. So Wes, you, we, we we know you're you're a big lover of the network. Is is the network in trouble? Are there enough Wes well, Bradshaw's out there to make this work?
1: <laughs> well, now here's here's the one big untapped point um, that everyone seems to kind of dismiss is that right now the network is only available in the United States. WWE has a massive fan following in uh, the United Kingdom, on the continental Europe, and also in Canada. Yes, Canada to the (laughs) north, who apparently has real money to spend from what we hear. Um, These are places that it looks like it's probably going to be end of 2014, early 2015, before they're available Mm -hmm. in those uh, locations. And when that happens you are more than likely going to get another boom in subscriptions. You'll easily shoot over a million uh, and might even make their way toward that two million mark. Um, the thing, well, the thing is, I, I really don't know. I, I don't understand how you couldn't, how, as a, if, if you were a wrestling fan, I don't understand how you couldn't figure out how great of a deal this is. <laughs> Yeah. if you are a fan. And, you know, when they really start breaking down numbers, I mean, they talk about there being, you know, 30 million people who describe themselves as fans of the product, you yeah. know? Um, so basically if they can get 10% of that market, Hey, you're doing fine. You're doing great. You're blowing away investors. So, uh, I mean, really, they, they're trying to figure out why exactly maybe people aren't signing up when, I mean, price-wise, I'm going to tell you from my point of view, the price-wise, it's fantastic for the level of content that you get. And whatever is going on with the WWE Network, I really think you could see this model as the future of television.
0: Not, I, I completely agree with that, and not, not to sound like a complete shill for them. But what it, what exactly is the price and what exactly is the content you get? Because honestly, I, I don't mm-hmm. actually know. I would love I would love to be this product placement. I would love to be getting free stuff from the WWE <laughs> right now. I'm not. I'm genuinely curious because I don't know enough about it. What, what exactly are we getting from that? I know it's an on-demand of archived uh, stuff, you know, and I agree with you. This is the way I think... Not just sports, but television in general is going to, with these internet streams and these connected boxes. So I think the WWE mm-hmm. is way out in front here. But what, what are. exactly are they offering with their with the subscription? How much is it?
1: I mean, basically right now you pay $9.99 a month, which after taxes, basically my PayPal pays 10 69 a month. Okay. Okay. Now for me, it's completely worth it because here's what you're looking at basically the WWE do, does what used to be called a pay-per-view. They do one each month uh, at the most, at the least every six weeks you get one um, with the big ones, your WrestleMania SummerSlam Royal Rumble. You usually get about a six week buildup. Now, Ed, you know, just from past things, if you want to go buy a pay-per-view, say you want to buy a boxing match or you yes. wanted to buy WrestleMania, you're looking at about 50 to $60 just to buy the pay-per-view. Correct? Right. Well, I mean, basically if you're a fan, I mean, you're sitting here, you're paying 10 bucks a month. You're getting a pay-per-view every month. Um, I mean that to me, that just, that hit me immediately because I paid $50 for the last pay-per-view before the network started at (laughs) elimination chambers to watch the shield and the Wyatts. And it was worth it. But suddenly I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, I pay 50 bucks for this. That's five pay-per-views that I get to watch on the network. Um, so that, that, to me, that's the biggest selling point is pay-per-views, 10 bucks. Cool. Um, the next thing you look at is archi- archived footage. And there are, I believe they said somewhere uh, ten to 20,000 hours of archived footage at this point on there. Basically, every pay-per-view that there has ever been uh, from the WWE, WCW, and ECW, which were the big three companies uh, into the late 1990s every pay-per-view they ever did is available. You can go back and watch them anytime you want. You hit a button. I can watch WrestleMania from 1988 uh, in the next 10 seconds here at my home if I wanted to. You know, if if there if I ever wanted to go back and relive something that, you know, me and my buddy said look at back in the day, I hit it, and it's there. It's there immediately. Um as far as show wise, I mean, they've got some really cool stuff on there. You know, my, my ten year old really enjoys it, and he you know he likes finding out the stuff that I used to watch. They've got a countdown show that they release weekly. Um, you know, they they've got a lot of uh, a lot of original programming that they're working on, um, and a lot of things that they can just take that massive library that they have, and they can make really interesting you know forty five minute to an hour long programming out of. And to me it's worth every penny. I understand if you're not a big wrestling fan, hey, why are you going to do it? Right. But I mean, even if you're even as a even if you're a casual fan who, well, I watch Raw twice a month. I mean, everything pays off 99% of the time at the pay-per-view and you get the pay-per-view for 10 bucks. That, is a, mean, that me, is a good deal. That is a good deal. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I mean, one, I mean, you know, you buy two pay-per-views and you paid what you're going to pay for an entire year of the network.
0: I, I gotta admit, if I if I was actually into uh, the wrestling, I would I would buy it in a heartbeat. Especially since it's a channel on my Apple TV, I wouldn't even have to like get anything extra to stream it through. I could just buy it right there if I wanted to.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we run it through the PlayStation right here at the house, uh, run right to the big TV. Um, my son has downloaded the app on his iPad, so he can sit on his iPad and watch it. You know, if, if I get really hard up and I'm really bored one day, I can pull it up on my Android device and sit there and watch something if I wanted to. Um, I mean, just the, the access to it is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Of course, like I said, I'm a fan. Right. You know, I was one of those people when they came out with it and said, "This is what you're going to get." I was one of those people who tweeted, "Please WWE take my money now." <laughs> you know, please hold me upside down and shake until the money falls out of my pockets. Personally, right. I'm a person who, if you upped it to twenty dollars a month, I'm still paying for it. Okay, so I am one of those people myself. I know not everyone is, but that's me. No, that's fair. I
0: understand, and uh, hopefully, I, I actually genuinely hope it turns around. I don't like seeing people, no matter what it is, losing their jobs. Uh, I may not be the biggest fan of wrestling, but you know they do provide an entertainment form that a lot of people seem to like. And even if I don't like it, I, I'm not gonna so for something like this. You know, crack people like it, and I but I don't want it to exist. Wrestling <laughs> people like it. I'm fine with it existing. I'm very fine with
1: it, Ed. I'm, I'm slowly turning you because I mean, each and every week we are pushing Reigns farther and farther into SummerSlam. Oh, come on, Roman! Come and Ed, on, Roman! And, and Ed, before we got into this, would you have ever known if I had just said the word Roman Reigns, you would have said, "Are, are we talking about a character from Gladiator?"
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 don't remember him. Did he come after Marcus Aurelius?
1: Exactly. You know, was was this? Uh, you know, was this Maximus's? Um, you know, long lost half brother. I don't remember this in the eight years of Latin I took through school. It's like, no, instead, he's a paramilitary SWAT team member from a group <laughs> called The Shield who have recently broken up, and now he's the future of the company.
0: Makes total sense. Oh, awesome. uh, Fantastic edition of So Raw here. Uh, before we go, Wes, want to do one more quick little news update. Uh, if I said the name Gerard Peak. what comes in your head?
1: You mean PK? PK, yes. Piquancy. Um, a fantastic head of hair and um, a Colombian uh, pop songstress wife. Ah, well, you can now add, one hundred and twenty-three thousand
0: in chips, at the World Series of Poker two thousand and fourteen main event, because that's what oh. he currently has. Gerard Piquet is currently playing in the final event here. At the, uh, the $10,000 buy-in for the 2014 World Series of Poker, among other greats, like Phil Ivey, who has been somewhat called the Tiger Woods of Poker, uh, among others. And he right now, PK is definitely holding his own as we are in day two. He is, again, at right now at the dinner break for today, not to date this podcast, is at 123000 in chips, which, if I look here, is about three times the average stack currently in the tournament.
1: Well, so, that, that's fantastic you know those two kids struggling to get by they they could really use the money of winning this tournament
0: oh oh for sure you know and uh it, it's good to see spain finally winning something again
1: i mean really you know it's been a as we've uh, covered it's been a tough month for the spanish not just on the field but also uh in the referee box
0: yes remember remember spanish football is uh is alive Spanish about a month and a half ago, Spanish football was alive and well because of the Champions League and uh, La Liga, and now a month and a half later, no, Spanish football is dead again. It's, it's totally dead. Oh, and it'll
1: never be back.
0: Oh, never, never. Everybody, we should, we should just start playing like the Germans. It's, it's all about the Germans now.
1: <laughs> exactly. When five years ago, it was all about the Spanish, now it's all about the Germans. Oh, I, I can't.
0: And in five years, maybe it'll be all about the English. Ah, oh, the mind shaft.
1: Oh, is everyone, does everyone want to uh, fill themselves with heartache and uh, pretend you're basically a Red Sox fan before 2004? Uh, come hop on the Tottenham bandwagon too if you want to feel that. Hey! Hey!
0: Oh, I can't wait to see all those guys from NC Spurs this Saturday. It's gonna be fun. Maybe I'll actually get my shirt this year.
1: Hey, you so. you kids have fun, okay?
0: Hey, hey, uh, I mean, we, we
1: i am sorry. I meant to say kids, and it just came out yids. Hey, we're
0: cool with that. We've adopted that phrase. We're fine with that. I—I'm I, totally a yiddo now. Um, remember, hey, have you seen?
1: See, just remember when you see Jesus Navas, you know, you know what I'm gonna say there.
0: Yeah. Have you seen our? Uh, have you seen our new kits for this year? Our purported new kits.
1: Uh, I have. They're looking pretty sharp. I—I I didn't think I'd like the yellow. I kind of like the yellow. Um, also, the Liverpool third kit came out this year. Apparently, they will not make your eyes vomit.
0: Wait a minute. Me, I, I have not seen this. I saw that their – I believe their road and home are basically unchanged, right?
1: That's right. Uh, well, let me think. Um, the road has actually gone uh, yellow this year. It's a yellow road. Oh, okay. It's a, it's oh.
0: Like a,
1: it's a yellow road, but the third kit actually looks pretty snazzy. A black, um, I just black pulled it a black and red stripes. You know what?
0: I kind of like, I kind of like all three of your kits. i I, I even I, the, the red one looks a little more simpler, if I yeah. may say. Uh, but God, those black ones look good.
1: Yeah, I, I was excited, especially once again after last year, literally physically made you rich. Yeah. You them. Um, it, it's it, it's going to be nice to look proper on the field again. Yeah.
0: I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of how uh, Gerard and the one beside him have uh, the the top button buttoned. I like. I like. I like the collar on the jersey. I just like it without the top button buttoned.
1: Well, well, that's that's an old school Englishman, which Stevie yes. uh, G is, uh, you know.
0: But who's that beside him? Either either Sturridge or Sterling is beside him, and I don't think he's an old school Englishman.
1: I believe it's Sterling. I don't have it up right now. I saw the pictures a couple days ago. I, I believe it's Sterling on there. Um, no, he's uh, but but he he's working hard to be an old school Englishman. Um, you know he's ready to underachieve after coming back from the World Cup. So,
0: I also say, must say I like your uh, I like all your keeper kits except the uh, the purple one. But I like the uh, the black one for the road and the uh, the white striped one for the third kit. That's
1: yeah, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm not big on the purple one myself, but I do enjoy the other two. It's uh, it reminds me of Arsenal a little
0: bit. All I, all I see in that is simon and Mignolet.
1: Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's back. And it looks like Reina may be back this season too, because nobody wants to buy him.
0: Oh, why would they? Yeah. Thanks a lot, Barcelona. Oh, are we still doing this podcast? Oh, why we are. Okay. Um, well, anything else you want to say before, uh, we, we talk to the people next week about the, uh, the world cup finals that will take place.
1: I would just like to announce the um, joyous moment where uh, summer baseball ended. Yes, uh, on a field in Washington on Tuesday night, uh, Washington North Carolina as uh, South Edgecombe fell in the second game of their double elimination tournament, and uh, it means I no longer have to coach baseball this summer, which in a way bums me out. But in a much bigger way, I was I was really tired of having to go out there with that group. So, uh,
0: well, thankfully. Uh...
1: No,
0: I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe they do. Unless those are all... I will say this. Uh, thanks to all our listeners on Podbean.com and on iTunes. Uh, I get an email about every other day to every three days, I'd say, at this point, of a new notification of somebody following our feed on Podbean.com. So uh, I thank a lot of you guys out there who are listening to us. I uh, also want to say... Uh, while you're creating an account on Podbean.com, uh, customize a little bit. You know, don't when when you just have your name as "My Podcast," uh, <laughs> it's hard to know who you are. So you know, at least you know, throw a name out of there. You don't actually have to start your own podcast to follow us, but uh,
1: we'll throw a shout out to you. And uh, hey, if you've got something to hawk, we're we're open for uh, we're open to do business.
0: You know what? Uh, just since you mentioned that, I'm actually going to pull up our current uh, followers here, if I can. If I can get logged in here to podbean.com, which is also graciously hosting our, our podcast. Not for free, but but maybe one day they will be. Um, we do have – we have our followers and I'm going to list the ones that are actually named right now. Uh, reality Radio, Amy Curillo. Uh, I hope I pronounced your name right. Uh, a, an actual James Rodriguez. I don't believe it's Because <laughs> I'm
1: his... going to believe it really is James. i
0: if, if it is, he really likes uh, the game Wolfenstein The New Order, which, hey, great game. Uh, we're also followed by uh, The Pill, the podcast, Monster Moon Radio Network, and Annette Thomas. So thank you all, as well as the other uh, bunches of people that are following us. And again, I, I keep seeing all these my podcast sites following you. Throw a name on there. Just let us know who you are. Uh, and let us know where you're listening from. So, But again, thanks to all our listeners out there. Thanks to Podbean.com for hosting us. Thanks to iTunes.com for hosting us. And uh, of course, if you want to subscribe to us, you can go to either one of those two places. If you want to get in touch with us, you can also get us on Twitter at AllNewSportsShow, Facebook.com slash show. Email us show at gmail.com. And mail us your letters, your parcels. Please don't mortgage your house. And don't send us any live animals to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. Wes, it's been fun. This has been a great podcast,
1: I think. It is. And I'm going to put myself over here. If you want to see my awesome wrestling tweets and um, the things that are deemed uh, not quite appropriate to have the all-new sports show's name on them, <laughs> check me out at West Bradshaw 21. That's at West Bradshaw 21. And, um, Ed, you're about the same way as I am. Yes,
0: I am. I'm at Edward Green, E-D-W-A-R-D, Green like the color with an E on the end. There's no space between those. Um, you know what I'm also going to start doing? We have all our social media information in our show notes every day and on our website. I'm also going to start putting our, our personal Twitter feeds in there as well in case you guys want to follow us on there. Because right now I just have at All New Sports Show in there. So if you guys want to follow us as well. Those links will be in the podcast description. Just click on them, especially if you're listening on your uh, your iPhone and you've subscribed to us. There, those are uh, those links are hot click are hot links, so you can click on them and they will take you straight to either Twitter, Facebook, or your web browser. Right. And Ed, it. Uh,
1: ju- well, just to let the people know, I believe after next week, with uh, Nick Petrovich joining us, the week after, I believe will be the debut of uh, producer Dez.
0: Yeah, I believe producer Dez will be joining us uh, right after that because that will be our that'll be after our last live actual show, the All New Sports Show. Um, so that's when that's when the, uh, the the new guy's coming up. So that'll be fun to have him. Uh, he'll be running the Twitter feed from that on. Oh. So if you really want to get West Bradshaw's profanity-laced tweets, you're gonna have to hit up uh, at West Bradshaw twenty one.
1: Because um, season three of the All-New Sports Show Rapidly approaching uh, First Sunday in August Yeah, uh,
0: it'll be the day he, after Hopefully We'll uh,
1: right, be on board with that So
0: uh, it, It's going to be a lot of fun So again, thank you all for listening uh, Check us out on all our various things Click on everything you see on ESPNFC.com uh, Everything There's so much great stuff on there And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys again In the near future we'll be seeing you guys This Sunday night on the all-new sports show, 8 p.m. on Christmas WHIG-TV. In Christmas in July. I, I have finished the intro as well as a special soccer uh, intro as well.
1: Well, I've got my parka out of the uh, out of the closet upstairs. I am ready for those chilly temperatures.
0: Oh, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be great. This Sunday night, hopefully, we'll be crowning a German champion. Uh, so from all of us here on the all-new sports show, the podcast, have a great week until we talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. War Pig! War Pig! Ah, I miss War Pig.